Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are back again, your favorite hockey podcast that is barely about hockey. Although today, gentlemen, a trade happens, and we'll get to talk about that sooner rather than later. But before that, how are you? Endo, how you doing? Look at you. You kept your room the same. It's so nice. How are you? I'm not acknowledging you anymore because of this bullshit. Sin, how are you? I'm doing good. We killed it on GeoGuessr last night. That we broke we out of the Eshel slump. <laughs> it took four and a half, almost four and a, it was a four and a half hour stream at that point. I took about a 45 minute break and then we played again. Um, I don't know what's going on with us and liking... Eshel, E-A-S-H-L, World of Chill, yeah. whatever the I, hell we're calling it. I do it. feel bad because I was having such a good night. <laughs> and everyone else, but particularly Tugi, seemed to not be having such a good night. But I was like intercepting all kinds of shit, poking everything, scoring goals. <laughs> By the end of the night, it turned around. But that was just one of those nights for me where, again, there have been other nights of like, <laughs> oh, okay, yep, this game, it's trash for everybody, whatever, it's cool. And then, yeah, I don't know. Last night was just the the rough one where it's like, all right, I just I'm not for it. But I didn't quit. Damn it! I showed hearts, and we turned it around, and we finally won. Won a game. I think we were like one in five or one in six on the night. Jesus, it was. It was well, technically, uh, they got the win when you quit, and I was in the box for five minutes. Hey, a win's a win. Semantics is a win. And if you want to be a winner, well, hey, now's the right time to remind you all that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and use code Toogie at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. That's code Toogie, T-O-U-G-I-E, to be able to save a little bit of money while acquiring the best tools for the job when it comes to the world of grooming. Of course, we have talked about for over a year now, like two years on this podcast, just about the the fine lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker for those pesky nose and ears hair. And of course, ears hair, ears hair, one big hair. And the ears beard hair. hedger, of course, that just came out recently. Again, you will find no better product for taking care of your face. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't think of another word for beard. I was going to go with face bush, but... <laughs> <laughs> that works. That's amazing. You should have went with that. Jesus. Face well, bush. Hey. Oh, ah, for your beard face hedger. bush. Pro kits. Well, we have an episode title. Three minutes in. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, ears hair is actually an English measurement. <laughs> for along for with fucking what? Like witches potions? I weigh fifty yeah. stone. Ah, it's about an ear's hair away. Uh, it just sounds like an English measurement. Because <laughs> they they measure things stupidly. We all know that. Fucking eye of newt and ears hair of freaking virgin tears. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Manscaped.com. Code to get checkout. You know the deal. Thank you to Manscaped. Thank you to all of you who have done yourself a favor. Let's be honest. And checked out everything from our fine it's friends at Manscaped's. Yeah, it's very easy to find virgin tears though. Just go to r slash nice guys. 
I was going to say, just play Isha for a while. You'll find a few. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh free man. RP, baby. Free RP. It's a reference for those of you that tuned into the streams. And again, we thank you. I thank you for that. We thank Manscaped. We thank you for watching, listening, supporting the show, everybody. It's been a good time. Again, this is potentially our last full week. I think actually next Thursday's show is probably our last one. So... Uh, but again, before Sin and I head to Finland, holy shit. Yo, like, come on. It's February 9th already. Oh, I know that literally means I leave in 10 days. It's tripping me out like it, it's happening yep. too fast. Yeah, you and I leave in the uh, the same day. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's. Whew, that's a that's a weird one. With that, let's get into our viewer questions to kick things off, as we always do. Our first question comes from Young Burrito. <laughs> Favorite Endo room setup? Endo, do you have a favorite? Out of the millions and millions My of combinations? My on the legs. He quite clearly does not. My finger is on the exit button. My finger is literally on the exit button. I will leave this podcast. There's any more fucking room slander, okay? It's not slander. He's asking what your favorite setup is. That sounds more like uh, support. I don't yeah. fucking know. That's why I keep changing it. Oh, yeah, so you admit that you say. change it. I thought it wasn't any different. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Walk out of the fucking podcast. Oh, we got him, everybody. We got him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a setup. There's been a lot, and I just don't care enough about Endo's room. But I like to no. point out that it changes. I, I liked when he had the windows in the background. That was a good look. Yeah, you know, having windows in the background often used in filmmaking to uh, show that a character has, you know, a future beyond the present place. Endo clearly now only, you know, with his room set up uh, is, is telling the world he doesn't have a future outside of his room, which is interesting if you think of it from that perspective. So Endo, if you bring back the windows in the background, that means you have a future outside of where he current <laughs> places. So, I, OK, so I'm going to elaborate as to why I moved my room over. So during the winter time uh, over there, that's the only access to a window that we have uh, in our current condo situation, aside from the other room over there. So like Welcome it was either. Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> so this was going to be I'll even show you how messy it is. But this is like the only spot in the in the window because in this room. There's no there's no window. There's only a vent. So Ow. in the winter time, it makes sense for us to just to move over here over there, because that way we can kind of keep it warm or cool. Because this place is really fucking hot. So then it's like, okay, if I'm going to be over here in the spring, I'll move the bedroom back over here and sit back over there and have stuff over there as well. So it's just a heating situation. That's why I keep moving back and forth, back and forth. And the reason why I keep moving the desk around is because I cleaned up my wires. And um, I have an issue with one of the outlets that I haven't been able to fix yet. Hmm. So I was having I was having stuff happen where the wire would just trip. Uh, the line would trip because it gets too many things are being used at once in one uh one outlet. So that's why I have to switch over. That's the reason why I keep switching over. So there is a legitimate reason. It's not just me being like ADD, ADHD, whatever the fuck it's called now, and just flipping back and forth, back and forth for no reason. There is a legitimate reason. When when it is springtime, I will be making the final switch over and then until we have to move. So yeah, there you go. The truth comes out. Justified. Everyone was dying for the answer. So there you go. Also, I got cranberry juice because I'm 
angry and I drink cranberry when I'm angry. What is it, your period? Yeah, it's my period. Departed reference for those of you out there. I am not being misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask Paulina when she gets home how, how she feels about that. From That's AJ. Fine. I feel like we've answered this one before, and if so, I have something on standby to talk about. What's everyone's favorite donut? We've talked Ooh. about that before, haven't we? I don't know, have we? I, I don't recall. I don't think so. Okay. Boston Maple cream. bar. Maple bar. Of course we fucking you mass you mass hole would pick Boston cream. It's fucking delicious, okay? Mm. Fuck you. It is. Yeah, I mine's a, like, yeah. Go for it. I was just saying mine's a maple bar. Like I don't even have to hesitate. That is the best donut on the planet, a maple bar. It is top tier. Maple bar. Sometimes I like it with custard inside, but just a plain maple bar is always elite. Okay, can you elaborate to me what a maple bar is as a, the resident so it's Canadian? Like a donut, like a bar thing, but topped on it is maple. Oh, okay. So, so you, you know how some are like topped with chocolate? Yeah, yeah, it's a maple yeah. glaze. Okay. Like some of them are, it looks like what a chocolate bar would be, like the chocolate on top, but it's maple instead. Okay, okay, that makes sense to me, yeah. Okay, it's yeah, delicious. I know what you're talking about. Um, You probably have I'm a different name think. for it. Yeah, I don't know what it is over here. Um, but I know exactly what uh, oh, you're talking about. Um, I don't, I don't know what kind of donut I like here. Usually, like a double chocolate, so like the the base of its chocolate and the top of its chocolate. But specifically, the Tim Hortons double chocolate because it's a little bit smaller, and it has the glaze on top. And sometimes there's like one with like a white drizzle on top as well too. Because though I like that white drizzle, and uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we got two episode titles already. Face Bush or White Drizzle? Yeah. <laughs> let's, see, let's see if we can add to the list. God damn. Uh, so the thing I was going to mention, I know Endo has seen this already. But today, the ESRB, the Video Games Rating Board, oh. has confirmed that the AEW video game, their first, entitled Fight Forever, will be rated T for Teen. But when they when they rate a game, they give you a full list of why games are rated that way. So I am going to read off the summary as to why this game has been rated T for teen. This is a wrestling game in which players compete in matches with wrestlers from the AEW roster. Players use punches, kicks and grappling maneuvers to drain their opponent's health. In some match types, barbed wire, stadium stampede unsanctioned, Players can use barbed wire, baseball bats, metal chairs, and <laughs> Molotov cocktails. This game is going to be fucking nuts. <laughs> Molotovs, baby. Let's go. Slava Ukraine. Eventually, <laughs> resulting in submission and or knockouts. Death. Blood splatter effects can occur during matches, staining the mats. Video footage of real matches also depicts blood on wrestlers' faces and bodies. The game contains some mildly suggestive material. Female wrestlers in revealing outfits, e.g. deep cleavage. Deep cleavage. Bunny outfits. I like how that's inherently sexual. Because every member of this board is fucking 70 plus years old and have to think of Playboy immediately, right? Oh, oh right, my god, yeah. when you said That's bunny outfits, it made, it made us think of when we were playing Volta and all of us were bunny outfits. That is too <laughs> sexually revealing right there. So for those who don't know, um, 
it, it, Volta in FIFA is their like arcade FIFA street style mode. And yeah, they had a, a thing where you could essentially pick a freaking bunny outfit that made you look like Ralphie <laughs> from a Christmas story. Um, and yeah, so we're just scoring goals in bunny outfits on FIFA. It's fun. <laughs> and our team name is Bundesliga. <laughs> the best. So deep cleavage and Anim- animated cleavage, you could say. Oh, yeah. Bunny outfits <laughs> and partially exposed buttocks. Oh, yeah. You also have wrestlers performing taunting gestures. Examples, cro- uh, crotch chops, like DX back in the day. Or slapping buttocks. So there's no scissoring. No. Who's to say? Oh, Real boy. footage sometimes depicts wrestlers drinking alcohol and smoking. And the coup de gras. The word shit is heard in the game. And the tweet that uh, I saw this says, sounds like it'll be a pretty fun game after I stop jerking off and get around to actually playing. God, so. AEW fight forever. That reminds me. Remember that thing I sent you, Tugi? It was like some guy who... uh, who was like, I, I don't even remember the context now, but I sent you and he was counting up all the things that happened in wrestling. How many middle fingers, how many this happened. And it was like, this was like 1,600 something crotch gestures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do, yeah. Just like some fucking guy had to sit there and count all that shit. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's the God. best. It's the best. So yeah, Love shout it. out to that. Very much looking forward to that game later on this year. Uh, it won't even matter if you're a wrestling fan. It's just going to be a damn fun game to play at this rate. Um, I didn't know about leaving this question in, but I figured, hey, it might spurn into some sort of conversation. Maybe it won't. <laughs> From RG Dust, if you could merge two countries together, which two would you choose? The USA and <laughs> Mexico. I had a really bad answer. I'm not going to say it. No, go ahead. Why not? This is clearly what they're looking for. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it. I'm going to say it. The USA and Mexico. Yeah, because I want to see everyone lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Elaborate, please. I mean, it'd be perfect. Just merge the US and Mexico. It's now one country. There goes How the brilliant wall. Is that <sighs> like God. they're now they're, we're now citizens of the same country? Yeah, I mean, and now people do not have the quote unquote legal argument to, uh, you know, justify the racism anymore. So I'd love to see the uh, mental gymnastics. I'd love to see the meltdown. And I think it'd be great. I mean, there's always there's racism always, always going to happen. I know. I, I, oh, I'm aware. <laughs> I can't oh, legally God. be racist to you, but I'm still going to call you up blank. Like. <laughs> Um, I would combine the Ivory Coast under its proper name, Cote d'Ivoire, uh, and Chad. So it could be Cote de Chad. <laughs> All right. And I can finally live out my dreams of actually being a Chad. Oh, man. Uh, one of these days. I don't fucking know. What kind of question is this? If I could merge two countries together, uh, I'd bring back Australia and New Zealand together. <laughs> I was gonna say, what the fuck happened to Australia? I don't know. I bring it back. Yeah, 
I mean, I have a, I have another meme answer, but I'm not going to actually say it. Oh, God. It's well, currently you... probably happening right now. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um. God, I don't know. Like, do you approach it from a, a joking standpoint? Do we actually think about the geopolitical ramifications? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it... It's a weird one. Yeah. It's a weird one. But that's okay. Everything I said everything. mine, and also it'd be if if we went deeper into it, merging U.S. and Mexico would actually be extraordinarily beneficial to a lot for a lot of things. There's a lot of good stuff growing in Mexico. You'd be able to completely eliminate a lot of the cartel activity mm. because then it would fall under U.S. jurisdiction. Our fucking trillion, multi-trillion military would be like, "Yeah, go fuck yourselves." Yeah, no, it's funny. I saw a stat today that we. Uh... It's like an eight hundred million dollar, eight hundred billion dollar military budget for the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. next highest seven are still like combined are still under us, and then there's the rest of the world that's at like yeah. three hundred billion. And most of them are allies, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that are us. Yeah. Could also, I'm just, just sitting here scrolling through list of country names. The problem is, there's <laughs> 195 recognized. countries. Yeah, there's so many. Like it's. Oh, you know God. what? I would merge Finland and Sweden. But this time just... it'd be under Finland's command. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Finland! You better, you better, Sweden! You better elaborate there. You might not be allowed back in the country. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Just because I'd love, yeah, love to watch them bicker. They wouldn't actually fight. They'd just bicker. There you go. <laughs> um... Yeah, screw it. This is another one I wasn't sure of, but why not? Uh, from Bring Back the Sound Tigers. What goalie from the late 90s, early 2000s? So now we got a quad. Oh, that's it. What goalie in late 90s, early 2000s is starting for you game seven of a Stanley Cup final? So no Vasilevsky. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, your natural three would be Wabrador Hashik. Yeah. One of the three. Yeah. That's legit who I'm. Oh, so my answer... I'm torn between Hashik and Raw and Wah. You know, I mean, if we're choosing goalies from that era, um, there's there's a guy who I think is going to be something special. Defoe. Byron Defoe. Lord Justin Byron. Um, You know, first overall back in 2000, I'm going Rick DiPietro. I think that kid's oh, going to be something. Oh, oh boy. Man. <laughs> That's healthy good. Pietro. Jesus. Yeah. If you need him for one game, one game only, Rick D. Pietro. You know, if you need him for would... a series, fuck no. Yeah, for. for... I don't know, man. Hashik did some crazy shit, dude. Like, he faced so many damn shots. Like, Buffalo was ass and he held him in that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I would. That's such, that's such a tough call. Maybe I'd, I'd probably go with Hashik, though. I think that's fair. Really quickly, um, you know, I, I was I was on the DiPietro page. Um, he is one of three goaltenders to be taken first overall. Do you know the other two? Gary, no. Mark Andre Fleury. Mont- yeah, Mark Andre Fleury. And Correct. wasn't it Carey Price? Still the most recent. Not Carey Price. No, he Your was the like first fifth. round pick. Though you like won't fifth. get the other one. Um. Because it was from the 1968 draft, which was the uh, sixth ever entry draft held in Montreal, 
where the Montreal Canadiens took uh, Michel Placé. 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 I hate that. Placé. Butcher your name, sir. Rest in peace. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the next goalie to break that will be Rick DiPietro Jr. I don't even know if he has a child, but get on that, Rick. I think the next one to do it would be that kid who's like 16 or whatever playing in the in the QMJ. It was like, a, oh, po- oh, yeah, that ki- I can't remember what the fuck his name was, but like he posted YouTube videos way back in the day. And everyone's like, this kid's going to pan out be absolutely shit because he's only focusing on speed. And like this is like he's like the fastest footwork goalie I've ever seen in my life. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up because it's bothering me right now. Uh, 2025 drafts. It is uh, Gabriel Dag. Yeah, Dag. I should note, also in that 2025 draft, there is a Swedish goalie by the name of Luv Harenstam, who I am... Uh, his name is Love, but I believe, at least off of Victor Love, Luv, the Luv Doctor, former Leaf. It was pronounced... Dr. Uh, Luv? It was pronounced Luv, not Love. So yeah, shout out to... Shout out to promising young goaltenders, by the way. Uh, this dude went full um, NFL, like crazy NFL dad. Um, this was something when Deej was on the show back in the day we talked about. Uh, there is a group of brothers in the NFL known as the St. Browns. This this group of parents took the approach of we're going to name our kids whatever helps them stand out. So... There's three different brothers. Oh, my God. For the Chicago Bears, Equinemius St. Brown. (laughs) On the Detroit Lions, Amon-Ra St. Brown. And they have another brother named Osiris. So, shout out to that guy. Um, But I should note that uh, Louv Harenstam has a, a brother. Now, his dad's name is Chris. But his brother's name <laughs> is Lion. That's so sick. So his name, it's like, hi, I'm Chris. This is my son, Lion and Love. Yeah. That's sick. Ah, <laughs> oh, shout out to the Swedes. It's beautiful. Our final question comes from Penn's fan. If you could bring back one of the following, which would you? NHL Blades of Steel, NCAA March Madness, NCAA Game Breaker, which was their uh, football title. Or MVP baseball. I don't think I played any of those games. Was Blade the Blades of Steel the one that was almost kind of like hits? Because I think I played that once. Yes, in, in a sense, yeah. It was. <sighs> how did, you could do God, like how weird this... helicopter moves and stuff like that. Um, God, I don't remember if that actually was Blades of Steel because Blades of Steel came out in the late '80s. Oh, never mind. No, I'm thinking of yeah. something completely different. Fair enough. I had never played any of those games then. There you go. Uh, MVP baseball, easily, uh, for the primary reason of um, Blades of Steel wouldn't be a big enough competition to EA NHL hockey wise. Um, I mean, college basketball game would be nice. Um, the college football game would be nice. EA's bringing theirs back. Um, yeah, SDS they they need competition in terms of baseball games. EA making baseball games again would be lovely. Well, I got the story for you. They got that fucking anime baseball game that Deke ended up playing the other night, which has been like a long-standing series for the past 30 years, and also was published by 2K. Did you know that? 
2K didn't stop making baseball games. They just switched to animated guys who look like fucking Rayman because they don't have any arms. They just have like hands and feet and <laughs> stomachs. Rock the Rink. That's the one I was talking about. Oh, yeah. That was uh, NHL. That was two on two. Wasn't Rock the Rink two on two? No, I think it was three on three. three on four three? on four, maybe. It was three, yeah. three on three, I think. Oh, I'm thinking of NHL two on two arcade, I think. But yeah, Rock the Dude, Rink rock was the on ring. Uh, PlayStation. Yes. Yeah. This was, was, this was uh... before Halo, so I had PlayStations. <laughs> <laughs> Only mm. Halo could take I you away s- from Rock yeah. the Rink. I had Sega Genesis, then N64, and then a PlayStation. I think those were around the same time, though. And then PS2, Halo came out, and I had to get an Xbox. This is the way. Find the intro for Rock the Rink. Oh, here it is. I see it. Fucking it's a fun I never played this game younger, but... You should. Emulation, baby. It's the way. It's always the way. Uh, that said... Like I said, we got some stuff to talk about today, so we'll move on. Thank you all for your questions. Maybe didn't uh, quite reach the heights of previous questions, but hey, they can't all be winners. Keep trying. We thank you for it. Um, Before we kind of get into the big talking points, there were a couple of smaller things. Um, It was announced today that Bruce Boudreaux is rejoining the NHL Network as a studio analyst, so congrats to Bruce (laughs) Like, he basically, I mean, granted, Rick Tockett was working, I think, for TNT, but they essentially kind of switched roles. I saw someone describe it as a Freaky Friday, which is beautiful. <laughs> so, you going to make it? What? What? I'm, what's Endo laughing at? <laughs> oh, it's Endo. funny how these went from, like, oh, you're an analyst. Okay, now you're a coach. You're a coach, now you're an analyst. And that's why I was laughing uh, at. Gotcha. Here and I. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I thought you were like watching the Rock the Ring trailer still, and I'm like, well, Jesus, what absurdity am I missing? Oh no, 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 no. I just remember the Rock the Ring commercial was like during that era where like anytime there was a girl in like a sports game, it was like crop top, fucking <sighs> belly all exposed, like super like that era. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this 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 age this age dwelt in that. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sin, this one's for you for the Vegas Golden Knights. This comes mm-hmm. from Owen Kreps on Twitter. Jack Eichel update since Mark Stone went down with injury. Nine games played, one assist. Yeah. I suppose that's also for Sabres fans, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, um, Vegas is still first in the Pacific, though, so. Yeah, it's it's very, very close. But that wild card, they're not they're not Calgary, Minnesota. They're not really doing enough to push them out there six points behind them one in two games in hand so still gonna need a lot of help for vegas to like fall out of the playoffs yeah but they have completely fucked themselves like for the future like they are screwed yep like mark stone at this point might be cooked which is really really sad because he's a great player yeah there's been some injury troubles there but we'll see we'll see where they you know, ship them off to next because clearly they need a new toy. This one's broken. They need mm. a new toy. Jack Eichel to. Hmm. Jack Eichel to Detroit to replace Dylan Larkin. <laughs> there you go, everybody. You're welcome. Book it. Let's get that out there. Um, 
also randomly, uh, Jack Hughes is out week to week with an injury. Uh, the Devils are currently second in the Metro, and obviously a team hot on their tail kind of got an addition today. Talk about that at the end of the show um, to try and kind of bury the lead there, basically. But wanted to note that too. So keep an eye out on New Jersey because Jack Hughes is unbelievably good. There is an update on Pride Night jerseys because you knew that the Provorov situation was going to be the start of this. Um, now, the New York Post, who are a, a fucking dirt sheet publication, basically, uh, yep. put out a report stating that Pride Night uh, was optional compared to the likes of Military Appreciation Night, Hockey Fights Cancer, and St. Patrick's Day jerseys that were deemed as mandated. Um, the NHL confirmed that all special warm-up jerseys are optional. Um, that report, however, mentioned initially that the New York Islanders, who were a talking point for this, that the Islanders only roll with mandated jerseys, hence no pride jerseys. So that's a lie. The Islanders do, in fact, choose what jerseys to use because every team apparently does. So what's the real reason the Islanders aren't using them? What's the reason the Rangers reversed course and didn't use them? Well, hey, the answer might be kind of obvious, but um, it's fine. The NHL will take the Rocky Wirtz approach of, ah, we're not talking about the past. We're moving on. Um, you know, Do Sid, I don't know why? When, when you shared your kind of viewpoint about, yeah. you know, and mentioning what you had heard from some people, you know, I, in the aftermath of that, had heard from other people who had the opinion of, um, I'd prefer, you know, the NHL to just not do it at all because we know they don't care. Um, yeah. And I feel like this type of news report coming out kind of pushes people further towards that. of like, oh, yeah. cool. So you don't care. Thanks. Yeah. If you don't care, it's fucking performative and they just want to sell tickets and shit like that, which I get. But they're they're trash. Like we all know the NHL's trash. This makes them further trash. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, again, like I, I will reiterate again, people, marginalized people do not need to just be reminded that everyone hates them. And yep. that's what, unfortunately, this has devolved into. And it's now the league and organizations within that who are supposed to be the ones on the side and standing up against the bigots and saying this is how we're no, Now they're now they're backing off. Yeah. Fun times. So, fine. Like, yeah. It's it's more proof that, you know. Hockey is for everyone. That whole thing the NHL push was performative. And that, sure, organizations are making changes to, you know, support and, you know, give back to those communities. But if the entirety of the NHL isn't isn't hard stamped on that message, then it's not for everybody. And hockey, honestly, is not going to be for everybody for a very, very long time. And that's just the way it is. You can push back and fight back as much as you want, but if if it's not going to budge, you can keep moving steps and steps to make it, the situation better. But for the next maybe like five, ten years, it's not going to change. And spe especially with Provorov's essential basically pushback with the jersey. And now it's going other organizations are doing the exact same thing. Like it's become, you know, like the only ones that are mandated are what? Military Appreciation Night, Hockey Fights Cancer, and like St. Patrick's Day or something like that. St. Patrick's Day is mandated. Out of no, all of the wasn't. ones that we talked, that about. was the original report. Is that it was, and the NHL said what? no, it isn't. Yeah, okay. Swear to God. Yeah, so that was the original report. Was that like, oh, St. Patrick's Day, military, and hockey fights cancer are mandated, which is why 
it was like, oh, well, that's why the Islanders aren't doing it, because the Islanders avoid any uh, situation where it's not mandated. And then the NHL responded with like, well, no, technically no jerseys are mandated. So now people are like, oh, cool. So, hey, New York, why aren't you why aren't you doing this then? And it's been crickets. It was just shitty ownership and basically not doing anything. Yeah. Again, for those who thought the Provorov thing was just going to be a one and done and not going to have a butterfly effect and, and lead to further incidents uh, in the future. Well, here we are just a couple weeks later and uh, <laughs> Oops. fun, fun, fun. Couldn't hit mutant. Bless you. That's okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of New York teams, then this one for a more positive reason, the Buffalo Sabres have re-signed Dylan Cousins, a seven-year extension worth $7.1 million per season starting next year. Good on you, Buffalo. Good on you. Locking up, I mean, essentially the one-two punch of Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins moving forward. Um, Both, I mean, Cousins, uh, again, his deal at 7.1, Thompson also at 7.1, but just a little bit over. So that's honestly not that bad. If those two continue at the pace that they are on, and honestly in Cousins' instance, or his case, he keeps getting better, you know, $14.2 million for your number, you know, for your top two centers. It's not that bad by modern standards. Good for Dylan Cousins, who's honestly very good. Like he's, uh, you know, still a bit young, still a bit unproven in certain ways, but still very, very good is one Dylan Cousins. So Sabres fans, um, you know, that combined with the Jack Eichel struggles, it's a good day for you. We'll talk about the Leafs real quickly, too, before getting to uh, the main um, event of the show. Hmm? Nothing. I was just looking at what you had written down for the Leafs, and I'm once again shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first note, Matt Murray is hurt again. Uh, He was placed on IR today uh, with an ankle injury that will keep him out uh, for an unknown amount of time. I believe he's been out. uh, I think it's retroactive to the end of January. But yeah, Matt Murray is out again, uh, meaning I do believe Joe Wall was the goalie who was called up. Yeah, um, it's like 13-1, and one. It's like something ridiculous. Yeah, he has a 13-1 and one record in the AHO with a 2-3-6 goals against average and a 9-30 save percentage. Yep. Will that and translate four- to the NHL? Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, he had a 3-1-0 with a shutout last season uh, in four games in relief off of... Um, goal situation over there with Jack Campbell being injured. So he, he had a pretty good showing. So hopefully uh, he does well. And the only reason why he didn't play earlier this season is because he got shut down with an injury. He's looked good in the NHL. Fair enough. And again, for the Leafs, they're mm. going to kind of have to hope that's the case, as we'll talk about in a second. Uh, they also re-signed Connor Timmons today, two years, $1.1 million. Uh, That's good a deal. very, very good contract. That's um, an incredible he's played, contract. He's played very, very well for the uh, for the Leafs, and again, I'm I'm happy for the guy because he was one of those guys where it's like you look at his numbers in junior, and it's like, oh, shit, like he could really be something. And then he started to run into issues that it looked like might cost him his career. Uh, so it's a really feel-good story for Connor Timmons, and good to see him get rewarded. And again, very fucking good contract for the Leafs. But that leads us uh, to this tweet from Jonas Siegel. Kyle Dubas says he, quote, can't see the Leafs dealing first-round picks or top prospects like Matthew Nyes for rentals. Quote, but with regards to other options, I don't think you say no uh, off the hop to anything. 
But those are very important pieces to us for now and in the future. You want to know why he said that? This is not franchise. No, because because last time that he grabbed a a rental, he was basically absent the entirety of the playoffs and the entirety of the going through Nick Foligno. He did not do anything. And there was possibly that Nick Foligno would resign. And then he went to Boston. Yeah. So, like, I see why he's doing it. And he's like, if I'm going to grab a guy, I want him to have him for at least a year on top. Because right. half those people you have an expiring contracts, you're not gonna, you're gonna have to pay them a lot more than what they have right now to stay for another year after that. I would say he yes. looks for someone who's on a two year or a three year three year extension right now, who's already like signed up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. If not, he's gonna hold out because it's a strong draft class as well. I mean, everyone's probably pushing for you know Leafs to get out of the first round. That's the big main thing. But even if they don't, again, like his job's gonna be gone uh, probably. Um, but he's also just like it's a smart move not to trade away a prospect like Nyes or anyone in the or Abruzzelli or anyone in the in the in the um uh in the in the prospects of the minors or playing in college right now just as a reaction to like oh we need another player it's no just stay at the course you're gonna probably play uh, Boston or Tampa again so just don't change anything why. So, okay, so here, I like this setup because Endo is the, I can understand where Dubas is coming from side of things. And Sin represents the perfect counter argument and speaks yeah. for me as well on this instance. Sin, your thoughts. You, you, if, you, if you try to chase two rabbits, you end up catching neither. Thanks, Why Dad. you cannot. So then we lose, we lose, we grab like a guide and we throw another player out there. And then we have to put more on top of the cap. And then after that, he has to basically basically know that, oh, this guy's going to be gone here at the end of the summer anyway because I can't pay him. Why would I want to do that and have security? I can grab a guy who's getting the exact same money and have him for two years instead of grabbing one guy who's going to basically leave and say, oh, I got out of the first. I got a pretty good playoff run. All right. Bye. See ya. He's going to ask for a lot more money. But those guys cost more than rentals. Mm-hmm. Safety. I mean... But you haven't traded any first for safety guys either. You've been stagnant in first round exiting over and over again. And Matthew's contract's almost up. There's no guarantee he stays there because they they signed him and walked him up to his UFA. Nylander, no guarantee he stays there. This is the window. And I don't understand why Toronto's not going for it. They are in such an incredible position. You have two years until Austin Matthews. I mean, this year, at the end of next season, Austin Matthews' deal is up. And he's a UFA. I get the idea of what Endo's saying about, well, you know, you got to make sure it's the right deal type of thing. And Kyle Dubas got burned by Nick Foligno, doesn't want to get burned again. That's fine. Is it necessarily Kyle's Kyle Dubas's problem? You trade away a 2027 first rounder. Is that necessarily your problem, Kyle? I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if you're going to be the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs in four years. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think you got to worry about the now. Mm-hmm. Like Sin said, I mean, you focus on like, okay, we want to do well and win, but also we got to keep these first round picks in case we lose. You can't half-ass an attempt at a playoff run unless you're 100% confident in the core of the team that you've already built. Should they be 100% confident 
in the core of the team that was already built. No, the top six isn't even that good. Like you have this big question mark on the on the two left wing, right? It's been a question mark all season. Why aren't they going and getting a winger? According to Cap Friendly, their second line left wing right now is Cali Aaron Yeah, he's a third liner. Sorry. Like on, on a cup contending team, that man's a third liner. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, if again, if you have Matthews, uh, you know, you got Bunting, Tavares, Marner. Let's yeah. just say it ends up being Yarncroak, Matthews, Nylander. Here's yeah, here's the, the reason why I don't I don't hold it against Doug Wilson. The Sharks never went won a cup. He always went for it, no matter what. Mm. He was always adding. He was always going for it, showing the team that he was going for it. Didn't work out. And that's how it goes for a lot of teams. You're going to only be one winner every year. And, you know, the Sharks weren't ever one of them. But, I mean, I can't, there's so many rentals we got, man. We had Bill Guerin one year. We went out and picked up Yannick Hansen. We, you know, every single year it seemed we were trying to add. Uh, we had Rob Blake for an entire season. That was essentially a rental. I mean, we got him for the full year, but that was essentially a rental. Like, that was just constantly trying to get to the cup finals. I cannot think of any major move that the Leafs have said that told their team that tells your stars, we are going for it. We believe in you. Here's some more help. Because what happens if if another one of those top sixers go? What happens if Tavares goes down again? You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... So you don't want to have, you you want you what you want you want to use yeah you can use Kelly Arncroft on the second line you don't want that as your first option you yeah. want to have him in the bank you want to have him on the third line if you have an injury then you can shift him up but this whole mentality of like I just don't think it's too possible in the division they're in in today's NHL to to try to continu- continuously build for the future. And 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 also push for these cup wins, because again, I you know I, that's how I play franchise mode, and I know that's not how to really build a fucking team. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I've always talked about it too for the Bruins, right? Once they started missing the playoffs, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen, it's because they pushed and pushed and pushed to try and win. You know, they made the Cup final in twenty thirteen. The next year, they won the President's Trophy, but got bounced in the second round. But at least they tried like they had the court this year, especially for the Boston Bruins. I respect the fact that it's like, hey, we're going for it type of thing. I will be immensely disappointed. The Bruins have three first round picks over the next three years. I will be immensely disappointed if they don't try to find a way And a cap finagling might be an issue. But man, if you have a way to go out and get somebody, you don't sit there and say, oh, but what about 2026? You find a way to push and to go for it. So, like I said, I understand uh, from the Kyle Dubas perspective of it has to be the right deal. But at the same time, can you really start to worry about, you know, 2025, 2026? And especially with the Matthews deal coming up, Nylander's deal expires at the same time. And you kind of said that. That Austin Matthews extension. He is currently making eleven point six million. That's going up to at least thirteen, mm-hmm. at least. William Nylander's on six point nine million. Nice. William Nylander's getting at least eight million dollars on the open market. Oh, more. He's than gone. That. He's he's nine. gone. He's getting nine minimum. Like, on William Nylander's le- he is in his last 
season and a half from this point forward as a Toronto Maple Leaf, barring a ridiculous miracle. I'm sorry for Kyle Dubas, but man, the future's not your problem. You got this year and next year at best. God forbid they don't make it out of the playoffs. If I'm a Leafs fan, fuck the first rounders. Fuck Matthew Nyes, fuck Nick Abrazizi, whoever the hell else. Like, there, there is that chance that Nylander leaves. There is that chance that Austin Matthews leaves. TJ Brody's deal is up at the same time. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be a little bit nervous if I was a Leafs fan because I don't think you can look at that roster right now and say, nope, we're good. We can afford to, you know, I'll make the comparison. We can afford to stand pat like the Toronto Raptors just did at the NBA trade, uh, you know, at the uh, deadline there. They didn't make a move. Um, A lot of people critiquing whether or not that was the right decision or not in regards to them. I would say even more so for the Leafs, the sense of urgency needs to be there because the Raptors have actually fucking won something recently. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm intrigued to know how other Leafs fans feel about it. I can see both viewpoints, but I'm definitely kind of in alignment with Sin of like, what the hell are you doing? And that brings us to our main event and an actual trade that happened a little bit before the show today as Vladimir Tarasenko is one of the newest members of the New York Rangers. The trade in full is this. To the Rangers is Vladimir Tarasenko on 50% retained salary. Of course, it's the last year of his deal. He is making now $3.75 million against the books. The Rangers also acquired defenseman Nico Mikola. And in return, the St. Louis Blues get Sammy Blay back. Former, I believe, fourth-round defender Hunter Skinner. A first-round pick this year, which will be the later of the two picks. We mentioned that on the last podcast. The Rangers, of course, with two first-rounders of their own in Dallas, thanks to the Nils Lundqvist trade. Uh, The now later pick of those two will go to St. Louis. And there is a conditional fourth-rounder next year in 2024 that becomes a third if the Rangers make the playoffs this year. Now, we're going to talk about this from both teams' perspectives, but I also want to mention this uh, from Emily Kaplan. According to sources, the Rangers targeted Tarasenko, a player they long coveted, and decided to go after it after feeling the asking prices for Timo Meyer and Patrick <clears throat> Kane were too high. Also sounds like New York had some concerns over Patrick Kane's hip injury. Hmm. <laughs> as, a top, as a top comment put it, known beacon of health, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, so... We'll talk about it from the Rangers' perspective, right? Because it is the most interesting. They chose to go after Vladimir Tarasenko as their kind of deadline, uh, you know, rental, more than likely, splash. Shout out to Chris Smoove. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I got to be honest. From the Rangers' perspective, I like it. I, I like it quite a bit. Now, Tarasenko, again, maybe not quite. He hasn't been as good this year as he was last year. I don't think he's completely cooked. He is a solid option. It's funny enough, I got to the whole roster editing side of things at the St. Louis Blues yesterday. Tarasenko ended up in 85. That is a solid top six option. He is. Um, retained salary as well. Works out cap-wise. And it sets up the <clears throat> Rangers depth chart. Presumably like this, according to Cap Friendly. 
uh, which would be Panarin, Zabanajad, Tarasenko, Kreider, Trocek, Barclay, Goodrow, maybe? And then Lafreniere, Hito, Kako, BC, Lysician, Kravtsov. You kind of needed a Tarasenko in that mix, didn't you? So good on them to kind of go out and got what they happened to get. Um, Nico Mikola is... He's a third-pair guy at best. Like, I think they put Libor Hayek on waivers to make room for Mikola. Um, those two players are almost interchangeable. So it's nothing too crazy. You're banking on, well, maybe he'll be better in a different system. Um, and in terms of what they gave up, they didn't give up much. You gave up a roster player, a meh prospect, and probably a first and a third. A late first and a third. That's worth it for them. I don't know if I necessarily give the Rangers an A on the deal, but it's a passing grade for sure. Yeah. I it's <laughs> it's it's a risk for Tarasenko. Um the door is still open for them to get Meyer, but no, nah, I don't think they are at this point. It, mm. Yeah. But the condition that made it interesting, it's it's the later of the two picks. Hey, well, you could still give the earlier of the two picks to us. <laughs> <laughs> and I can still get Lafreniere and or Kako. So I think that's the interesting side of things for the Rangers, right? Is the asking price for Meyer was too high as it was for Kane, given concerns over hip injury. Lol on Kane. Why the hell is his high? <laughs> um. But yeah, I can. I'm glad. I'm so so glad that Myers is, is high right now. It as it should be. So that's good. Like I said, I don't want him to be traded unless we're getting a spectacular return. And if Rangers weren't able to give us that, Devils sure as fuck aren't. The They're best right. part they have Alex Holtz. Fuck that. No hell no. That guy can't skate. <laughs> <laughs> He's horrible. And ever, so, everyone comes up with these fantasy things of, like, trying to give away junk. Like, I had a Sabres fan pitching to me, like, a situation where they wouldn't have to give up an unprotected first. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, mm. it's it's insane. So, Patrick Kane, the idea of him getting more than a roster player, a map prospect, a first and a third, makes sense to me, in a way. But also, it doesn't. Because hip injury, and you're going to have to retain, you know, $5 million. You know, so it, you would expect in a way for, I, I don't know. That's going to be a weird trade if it does work out, just because of the cap implications to wherever Patrick Kane potentially goes. Um, Timo Meyer is worth more than Sammy Blay, Hunter Skinner, a first and third. We don't yes. know for sure that that's what have been what the Sharks were asking for. <clears throat> Lafreniere, probably. Um, but... Yeah, no, Timo Meyer would certainly go for a hell of a lot more than that, given the RFA status, younger, less injury concerns, so on and so forth. So, yeah, and I'm glad it's not I've surprising seen the, for the Rangers to go this route. Yeah, and I'm really glad I haven't heard of the Meyer should get a similar return as Horvat in a while because that narrative was a fucking joke. Yes, I do agree. For the St. Louis Blues, I don't know about this one, Chief. Now, you could say it was a positive because once upon a time, the Blues should have lost Tarasenko for nothing to Seattle in the expansion draft, which they should have. Seattle should have taken him. Jesus Christ. Um, Sammy Blay 
was traded to the Rangers under two years ago, along with a second-round pick that went to Winnipeg for Andrew Kopp, for Pavel Bushnevich. A, frankly, brutal trade. Vastly superior player in my eyes as Pavel Bushnevich to Vladimir Tarasenko. Would have been nice for the Rangers to uh, hold on there. Um, so now, instead, the Blues have Sammy Blay, but they don't have either Tarasenko, or they do have Tarasenko, they don't have Tarasenko, but they do have Bushnevich. It's just kind of weird how these Sammy Blay flip-flop back and forth. I, like, it's it's just kind of a nothing. Like, he's a, he's a bottom six guy. Like, it's just, eh. Hunter yeah, Skinner. Got to be eh. about 26 at this point, right? Blay? Blay? He is. 25, yeah, he is 26. 26. I don't, yeah, that's that's not it. He was on and the then, Blues before, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Hunter Skinner is on pace to maybe become what Nico Mikola already is, which isn't much. So basically, you traded Vladimir Tarasenko for a first and a third. A late first and a third. They were probably going to lose him anyway, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of surprised in a sense they weren't able to get more. But maybe, you know, my thought was like the Sharks might and the you know, Chicago might price themselves out on getting the return they want for their two prized wingers. So St. Louis can sweep in and say, hey, they're asking for a lot. We're asking for a decent amount, but not as much. And then maybe be able to swing a little bit more here. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a weird trade on the side of St. Louis, like especially with retaining 50%. Like I know Tarasenko's a risk still, but. Yeah, you think you'd be able to command more for Tarasenko than just roster player, map prospects, third rounder and a first, given that you have to retain salary for a team to pick up that player. Yeah. It does leave the Blues with two first-round picks. Um, in terms of other UFAs to deal, I mean, it's Barbashev, Blay, Achari, like nobody too crazy. Um, it is the last year of Ryan O'Reilly's deal. He is currently hurt, but that's the name to keep an eye out for over the next month is whether or not he moves as well. Uh, which, I mean, if you're trading Tarasenko, yeah, find a spot for Ryan O'Reilly. You, you know, especially too, if you can get another first-round pick for him, do it. You have two already now this year. Um, go for it at this point. But I think to really have kind of the full look of what this trade is, we're not going to know for about another month until we see how the other dominoes fall for the high prioritized wingers that are still out there on the market. Um, but my initial reaction to this, not bad for New York. You got Vladimir Tarasenko, who you, you needed a player of that caliber. You really didn't have to, you know, have to give up that much to do it. Um and good on you for using first-round picks when you're trying to project the fact that, hey, we're a team that can go far in the playoffs. <clears throat> Unlike other teams, apparently. Um, and for the Blues, I mean, hey, you got a first, I guess. Um, it's more than you probably should have ever gotten, given, again, that Tarasenko should have been taken by Seattle. So that's cool. Um, the final thing is just kind of that continued discussion that's out there surrounding the NHL deadline compared to the NBA. Um the NHL deadline's never going to be as crazy as the NBA trade deadline. It's just not. Um, the money situations are entirely different. Um, and the as we talked about, you know, the impact of one big player is so drastically different 
compared to what one player can do in a hockey sense. You know, people lost their minds last night uh, for the Nets trading Kevin Durant to the Suns, um, along with TJ Warren for uh, Mikhail Bridges. I think it's Michael. Uh, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who was flipped. Four first-round picks in that deal for Kevin Durant. You're just not going to have that in the NHL. You're just not. The only way... Can you ever imagine a deal where four first-round picks get moved? I mean, in the NHL, we technically have the offer sheet option. And it never happens. Particularly for... Like, that would take, like, Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid getting offer sheeted. It's just never going to happen. And these particular types of trades are just never going to happen. So I'm kind of tired already of the, the discourse surrounding surrounding those. But hey, uh, it is what it is. But yeah, overall, not bad. Good to see one domino fall. Hopefully we have more trades here in the next week before we, uh, you know, before we take a bit of a break from the pod. But for this week, we're taking a bit of a break because that will do it, everybody. I want to know, though, people's thoughts on the Leafs and not making a move and how that relates to the Tarasenko trade and whether or not people think that was a good deal or not because I'm not quite sure what to make of it right now either. With that, though, Endo, what are you going on heading into the weekend? Um, Playing more... Oh, excuse me. my nose. Uh, playing more Hi-Fi Rush. That's it. I'm just playing that game. I've beaten the, beaten the regular game, beaten the extra missions, and now I'm just trying to S-rank everything. And uh, that game's so much fun. It is. I, I didn't realize how I realized how fun it was beforehand. But when you start like unlocking all the attacks, all the moves, and everything, and start getting more crazy with it, so much fun. Mister Sim for the win. Aside from more E shell, what yeah. are you going on? That's about it. Just gonna finish up the draft of glory before I go to Finland. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just preparing for Finland, man. That is the way. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am of the same mindset. Where very quickly, uh, man, that is sneaking up. And uh, damn, it's gonna be a time. It's gonna be fun. With that, everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support as always. We will see you next week. Goodbye.